You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Waking Bake from San Diego, where sports betting meets marijuana. I'm Leaf. And I'm Low. And, and here's Chess. Thanks, guys. Yes, it is another week of Wake and Bake now. Hector went two and one last week. Uh, I think Mohammed went three and zero. Oh. Wes went three and zero. Oh. Uh, bottom line is, I I, th- I haven't talked to Mo yet. I think Mo went two and one as well. So, what's that, Hector? Uh, three six eight ten and two. What do you think? Ten and two. If you're ten yeah. and two in a soccer in soccer, you're probably in first place, right? Yeah, that's pretty much unless you got like, you're playing against Barcelona or something. But yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so let's do this. Let's make sure we're all on the same page because, as you know. Uh, I can talk forever, and the last thing I want to do is be talking too long. We have a couple things going on. So the next time we talk, Hector, you and I, I will have my future bet for the World Cup already in my hand. I am betting that ticket over the next couple weeks. Pretty excited about that, so we'll talk about that. Now, between now and the World Cup, of course, we've got the end of the USL Championship, and then we've got their playoffs. And how many teams make the playoffs in the USL? The top seven from each conference make the playoffs, and the first first seed gets a bye. Yeah. And so we're talking, you know, a while. That's that's a lot of teams to go through, right? Yeah. But it's it's one and done, right? One and done. Yeah, one and done. Well, there's nothing better than one and done, right? You got to play or you go home. Because, you yeah. know, there's there's some games that we are betting during the week. The teams aren't playing hard. You could see it. Well, but, you know, if you already got your bet in, it's a little late. You can do some live action on the other team just to kind of break even. But usually any time a bet goes bad, breaking even is, is you know, sometimes a pipe dream. You, you can get some of your money back, but usually you're not going to get all of it back yeah. unless you go yeah. big the other way. And, uh, and so it's nice when it's playoff time because those games count and those players play hard. Coaches coach hard. It's really just a pretty cool time of year. All right, let's start with a, a play. You got an East Coast and two West Coast. Yeah, I got, West, Coast. Uh, Coast. Yeah, I got two West Coast and a one East Coast. The first uh, East Coast one starts early-ish. Mid-afternoon, Detroit City at home versus Indy 11. Detroit City, they're playing their um, rookie season, the USO Championship. They're in playoff, not just playoff contention, but they're in the playoff spot right now, the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. And Indy 11 is trying to get up there, even though they're having a hard time about it. I like Detroit City. I followed them ever since they were in NISA, the third division, and uh, they've impressed me so far. They had some you know, ups and downs being their rookie season, but still they've they put up a good fight. They even beat an MLS team in the U.S. Open Cup. They might have beat a couple of them, but pretty much I'm always impressed with their goalkeeper, Nate Steinwasher, and uh, their great defender, uh, Stephen Carroll, and uh, Pato Boteo Fas on the offense. I think they're a complete team. I think they're going to scare people. I think they will make the playoffs, and I think they'll win at home. With that rocket squad at Keyworth Stadium pack, they run away with this one two to nothing. When you look at the East, you really see the difference in terms of how tight it is compared to the West. Out West, you know, San Antonio has been number one pretty much for the whole month we've been talking about it, and uh, yeah. San Diego loyal right behind them. 
And that's kind of yeah. where it still is. It was. I remember we talked six points. Now it's five points. But then it's another four points and then another five points. So the top four, there's 14 points between them, right? That's a wide spread. you got to really yeah. collapse to lose a six- or seven-point lead at some point in late in the season. Uh, not in the East. Louisville's got 55 points, and it's 51, 51, and 50. So the top four teams are five points, and then Pittsburgh's 48 Detroit City, you mentioned, is 42. So the bottom line is, you know, those top one, two, three, four, five teams, any of them really has a shot now at winning it all, at winning their division anyway, their conference. My second one, we got Oakland Roots against San Antonio, the number one seed in the Western Conference. They're on the cusp of trying to make the playoffs, almost making the playoffs there. There's a bunch of seeds, a bunch of teams trying to get that seventh spot, and Oakland Roots is among them. They had a great game against San Diego Loyal. They beat San Diego Loyal 3-1 in San Diego, and they're always a tough matchup against any team. Oakland Roots, this is their second year in the USL Championship, and they are having they made the playoffs in their first year. And uh, I think they're solid. I think they, they are playing at home, even though San Antonio is going to be favored probably because they're you know, probably the most complete team in the Western Conference, if not the whole league. But I think they're going to give them a, a hard time. And San Antonio, you know, they haven't been perfect. They lost to San Diego Loyal 3 to nothing. And uh, I think Oakland's going to be ready for this one. But I think in the end, it's going to be pretty as even as, a, as even can get, especially in the second half. And I'm going to go with a draw for this one, 2-2 two to two, Oakland and San Antonio. And San Antonio lost this last match, right? Yeah. Yeah. However, since we've talked last week, San Antonio has an X next to their name. And that usually means that they're so far ahead that they're guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah, they're so they've, cl- they've clinched a playoff spot. Normally, you clinch a playoff spot, you don't have champagne, right? You got to yeah. win. You got to um, win your your division yeah. or your yeah, conference. You so we'll, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about some of those champagnes out there that have uh, THC in them. Now that's a good champagne brunch right there. You're listening to Soccer Time with Hector. See, you can see right here, Soccer Time with Hector here on Wake and Bake. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Wake and Bake. This is Soccer Time with Hector. Now, Hector, the the gold thing that we just saw, I love that thing. You know, I tell you, I mean, I, I made it for me. I didn't really make it for the audience. I made it for me. I just love it. But do they do that like at USD Stadium? Do they do that? Yeah, I mean, they go crazy at Toronto Stadium. Um, even for the girls when they were still there, the NWSL team, I mean, the fans, the, the announcers, you can hear it, dude. Like, it's all like a World Cup vibe there. And it's like, uh, especially when it's back, the Royal Stadium gets back for the Loyal games, and they're going to be playing there through the end of the season. Who knows what's going to happen next season? There's rumors they might go to Snapdragon, too. But, yeah, it's cool. Now, that, the, the, if they don't go there, then then everybody involved is stupid. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah. golly gee, that's just the perfect yeah. place for them. You know, I've been to – I haven't been to the new stadium yet, but I've driven by it, and I've been to USD enough to know it's a no-brainer. They'll figure that one out. Because that's really – when they talked about that size stadium, it was soccer was a big part of it. Because, yeah. I mean, that, that Mexican-USA friendlies, they played at Qualcomm. You should get 65,000 people at it. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about we we got that goal. We got it. We're getting excited. We got the World Cup coming up. Have you at all thought about any options for you in terms of who do you think is going to win the cup this year? I mean, you go, you look at the favorites, Brazil, Argentina. They've been tearing it up in the uh, in our side of the planet. Obviously, you look at the European teams, you know, 
And Qatar's Qatar's no joke. I don't think they'll win the World Cup, but you know they they got a good team. They got a solid team that they're focused on in the last four years to develop. And they're gonna be scaring some people, especially at home, uh, with those beautiful stadiums. I mean, if you've seen them, they're like futuristic, dude. They're like straight out of Buck Rogers. But obviously, you know the big names are England. You know, especially making it to the final, the women's team won the European Cup final and lost to Italy. He's not in it again. But I'm liking the uh, the typical, you know, Brazil's Argentina. Yeah, the, the, the top teams team. are the top teams. If I had to pick one, you know, you can never go wrong picking Brazil. I think for me, the most exciting part is a soccer game in a sports book when it's just a soccer game on a Saturday. Nobody cares here. But it's a soccer game in the World Cup. Everybody comes wearing their country colors. It's one of the most exciting bar experiences you can have in a sports bar is a World Cup soccer game. And then you're betting oh, on yeah. your phone, so it's fine. You know? yeah, so, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm going to have, when I come back, I will have, and I will be prop swapping. I'm buying two. I'm going for two, as they say, a prop swap. I'm going for two with my World Cup future bet. I actually even have uh, another parlay I'll talk about on another segment. But I'm going to have some fun with prop swap the, this, this year. I really think that that secondary market for future bets is the way to go because when I when I lose, my team loses and I made money, that, that's a good place. The world's a good place. So let's talk about the USL. You got a third game for us. Yeah, I got uh, my San Diego Loyal against uh, Monterey Bay, the uh, expansion team uh, this year as well, kind of like Detroit City. And Monterey Bay, they've been playing really well lately. They're actually in the, on the cusp too, of trying to make it in a, as a seventh seed. And they gave San Diego Loyal all, all they could handle here in San Diego the last time they faced each other uh, with the Loyal coming out with a close one to nothing win. But Monterey Bay had plenty of chances to tie the game at the end. And it's a beautiful place over there in Monterey Bay. They built them a new stadium and they're right by the uh, by the ocean. They got great fan support as well, even though they're an expansion team. But I think San Diego Loyal is like taking their stride right at the right moment. Uh, I think Landon's going to keep them focused to at least uh, get the second seed if they can't catch San Antonio. And they can't give away points to teams that, at least on paper, they should beat. And I think it'll be close, but I think uh, San Diego is going to f- find a way to pull this one out in a close one, two to one at Monterey Bay. Yeah, if you have twice as many points as the other team, you, you, sh- you should win that game. You know, that's really, that's kind of how it looks. But we talked about Monterey Bay. Now, this might have been when you were on 103.9, but what we talked about Monterey Bay. Are you surprised, because I am, that they've got nine W's? No, I mean, considering the, the talent that the goalkeepers... Siaha, they go by by their remote lot, and their coach has done a great job keep, keeping them focused. After, even though they ha- had a horrible start to the season. Yeah, no, I mean they're they've won two or three, and they literally are. They're eight points out of fifth place. They'd be in their sixth place. They'd be eight points out of sixth place, so anything could happen. All right, Hector, we'll talk to you again next time. Welcome to Saturdays in Canada with Black Hawk West. Black Hawk West, we've been doing this now. These are our kind of our test shows, getting everything together. But you don't care, do you? You're just giving out winners. Let's do this. I love football during the summertime. And, and you know, I, I, as you would say, I'm reading the form quite well. Yeah, and it really that it, it becomes that. It, it really becomes how are you seeing the game? Uh, and we talk about it all the time with some of the things in the old days. You were, you know, you literally were done. It was done. If you called in your bookie with the play and and it's 14 nothing the other way early, you're done. You leave, you go to the park, you take your kids out to the beach, whatever you got to do. Cause, but now with live action, we can come back. Now, 
with the Canadian League this year, the one thing i am noticed is these teams are playing pretty consistent. The bad teams are playing bad and the good teams are playing good. Am I just making it too simple? No, you 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 are. Well, you're not making it too simple. I believe that it is that simple. Uh, but there's what we do on this show. We find the statistics and we find the time when it's going to be irregular and, and you can jump on it. You know, last week we had a really close game. Who would have thought Calgary was going to hang 29 points on Winnipeg? I mean, just nobody hangs that kind of points on them. And, and you know, we, we liked Calgary in that spot. And so there, there's just... There's different situations where, you know, you can find it. And, you know, on, on my Discord page, one of the things that I, I have talked about is you look at Winnipeg at this point and, you know, the record shows them to be the best team in the league for the third CFL season in a row. The smart move at this point, because of how many wins they've had, one of the things we're looking at doing, at least for a value play, is taking Winnipeg, betting against them and taking the money line and just doing it in every game. Because they're going to be a big enough favorite that all you got to do is hit it a couple times and and it's going to cash. And it's going to cash like it's going to feel like three wins. It's going to be plus 300. Um, you know, right now they're 10-1. They're and one. We're down to nine weeks left, uh, ten weeks left, something like that. you got to figure they're going to lose three or four. So you you turn around and you, you look at what that means. Well, that means they're going to lose 40% of their games. And if you're on the money line to cash that, well, how cool is that? Now, that's great and excellent advice. However, you got to be careful which games you look at because there are some games where they're going to they're gonna roll. There are teams here, and we're there. We're at that point where there's a couple of the teams in the West because the East, I remember at the beginning of the year, the, the East was like 14 and 3, or the West was like 14 and 3, and the East was like 1 and 11 or something. It was so just East, incredible. The East still does not have a winning record. The yep. first place team in the East is Toronto five and five, and they're very unpredictable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you know, second place is Toronto at, or I'm sorry, second place is Montreal at four and six, and and so it's like nobody wants to 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 be a winner in this division. Oh, it's a it's a crossover season unless something bizarre happens, right? It's a crossover season for sure. Uh, although, though Sask Sask has been very inconsistent, and with that personnel and Cody Fajardo, it truly does confuse me. But Sask right now is six and five. One would think that they're crossing over. I mean, Hamilton is three and eight, sitting at third place. I don't think Hamilton's getting in. I think Sask is crossing over, uh, and and Sask and Calgary go go back and forth. If if Calgary, gotta, Hamilton's got to win. They've they've only got eight games left. They got to win. They got to go six and two to three and eight. How's the three and eight team going to six and two? It ain't happening. Well, they do, and and you know, fr- from a fan's point of view, I would love to see Calgary make that crossover uh, because I think they have a real shot. Calgary is is uh, number two in the league as far as points scored. Uh, they're they're number one, number two in most defensive categories. So you get you get Calgary in a crossover. Well, now we could find them in a Grey Cup. I don't know that they're coming out of the West in the Grey Cup, but they cross over into the East. I think they'll roll through the East. If you haven't followed us, you're new to the show, you're new to CFL, you're new to Canadian football, whatever you're new to, welcome. But, yeah, what happens is the top three make it unless the third one in one of the divisions stinks, and then they get the fourth one. We'd rather have four good teams than a bad team. And we laugh 
when we talk on uh, Belly Up the other night, we were talking about there's a couple of divisions. Not only don't I care who wins in the NFL, I don't know who's going to win, but I'm telling you, bet the team total under nine because it's going to be nine and eight teams. They're going to the nine and a half is going to be the cutoff, and we have every year a team that. Probably would, there's other teams with better records, but they are in the playoffs. The CFL kind of figured that one out. They sure did. And it is a great rule. And if the NFL went there, the playoffs would be better for it. It would be more true. That's for sure. No doubt about it. The Jerry Jones wouldn't like it. But when we get back, we're going to get some plays. Remember, we got a guy that hasn't given you a loser since we started doing Saturdays in Canada back with uh, Blackhawk West on Wake and Wake. On Wake and Bake. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Saturdays in Canada here on Wake and Bake. As, as always, Blackhawk West joins us. Now, Blackhawk West started talking Canada, Canadian football with me uh, two years probably before the pandemic. And then, of course, they had a short season, so we didn't really do anything. He bet him. I've kind of tailed and then we started the data now we've got the data for for that season and this season it's making a big difference but you haven't had a loser yet so let's see if you can throw three more winners at us uh, we're sure going to try so what's great about about today is we're normally looking at two games you know but maybe two you know in most most weeks we're looking at one game left on saturday so we got three games ahead of us this is a great weekend we got a sunday and then we got monday monday so uh as far as sunday we got winnipeg against sask and what i'm looking at here winnipeg is coming off of a performance as i as i said earlier where calgary just hung 29 points on them uh i realize calgary has probably the best wide receiving core in my opinion in in the cfl uh, they really have a great three-headed monster. However, 29 points hung on Winnipeg. Sask is coming off of a weird twofer. They're they're coming off of a really weird back-to-back against BC where uh, Nathan Rourke got injured in one of them, and they got smoked in that first game by 18 points. So I, I really like the points. Saskatchewan at home, uh, Winnipeg on the road. You know, Winnipeg on the road, not the Winnipeg we, we've seen before. I'm not saying that Sask wins outright, but I do like getting five and a half points here against a team that just allowed 29. So you have to ask yourself, though, can can Sask put up 29? I don't know that they're going to need to. I think that Sask at 24 probably covers the spread. I don't see Winnipeg scoring more than 27 in this game. And that's Sunday. And then, because it's Labor Day, we get two games on Monday. This is Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning where I live, and I'm getting football. Isn't that great? How, how could you be an atheist? I don't care if it's you're a Muslim or Jew or <laughs> Christian or whatever else, but you sh- you can't be an atheist if you're getting football at 10 o'clock on, a, on Labor Day Monday. We don't even get college games that day. No, we don't. And and I, and I that's why we're not getting all the stats. Why not? We're not getting Saturday action. It's like that every year. Yeah, go get them. I'm actually going to talk about the late game on Monday first. And because this one, I have a really strong opinion. Edmonton, and again, we've made a lot of money betting against Edmonton. I think we had one of their wins at where, where we were on money line. Edmonton is coming off of a, off of a two-game in a row against Ottawa. And Ottawa, what a great two-pack of games to play for, for a team's confidence. Uh, but Edmonton is going to get a reality check. Calgary just lost a really close one by two points at Winnipeg. Uh I think that Calgary, I normally don't like spreads this big. Uh, it's 10 and a half. It's 12 and a half. Depending on where you look, 
I like the 12 and a half. I'm actually laying 12 and a half. Calgary at home against Edmonton. Edmonton is scoring the least. They're allowing the most. And Calgary is pretty much at the opposite side of that. Bo Levi Mitchell did not play last week. Uh, they went with Jake Mayer, who went 23 of 28, three touchdowns and no picks. Uh, and that was against Winnipeg. What do you think he's going to do with the best receiving core in the league, one of the best running backs in the league against the worst defense in the league. I, I love Calgary in this. Yeah, that was a tough loss for them. There's no doubt about that because they played well. They had the game. But really, they had it won, and then they kind of gave it back. And, and they're well-coached. I mean, it, it is. It, it sounds pretty simple, but when you get a well-coached team off of a really close game like that, bet them the next week. Totally agree. Okay, and then, uh, uh, like I said, Monday there's a 10 o'clock game. Now, that uh, that's a, uh, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 my time. So 1.30, Labor Day, think about it. I mean, you're in the pool. It, uh People are asking burger or hot dog, whatever you you, know, you got to make your choices here. Sometimes in the old days, I used to go one of each, and maybe that's why they're the old days. <laughs> Two meat and mirror, our relationship, and you know, there's nothing better than football and brats or sausage or sausage of peppers growing up. Um, so I'm, I'm sad about those days, but I am happy that all day Monday I got football. So talk to us. So this Toronto against Hamilton, Hickam for the most part, they beat each other a lot. 40 and a half point over on and they kind of take turns beating each other. We're currently in week 13. They played each other in week 13. Toronto beat beat Hamilton at home 37 to 20. To week 10, Hamilton beat them 34 to 27. Then we go back to week 9. They played each other three times. Four weeks. It's about to be four times in five or six weeks. Full disclosure, I will not have an investment in this game. If I had to, life and death scenario, I must pick a team. I'm going with Hamilton, uh, they need it more. Hamilton has an odd way of turning a corner at this point in the season and the last two years making their way into the Grey Cup. I cannot figure out who Toronto is. Hamilton, understanding of who the team is, been down to QB3 and QB4 at times. I think that we're going to get better quarterback play than we did last week. So You're dealing with a league where there's only nine teams. There's only four games. So you see that. You see back-to-backs. You see four out of five. Think about that. Four out of the five games they've seen this team. They're so sick of this team. Um, You know what? If I was to throw a dartboard at this one, it'd be on the over. Uh, they both have been scoring and more importantly, allowing points. So we'll see what happens. All right, my man. Anything else, Blackhawk West? No, always be cashing. All right, have a great Labor Day, man. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, you too. I want some more. I know a guy. I want some more. I know a guy. I want some more. I know a guy. Hey, if, if it's 420 in Samoa, it must be time to talk to Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on Mo Winners with Mo on Wake and Bake. Hey, Mo, not for nothing. Uh, have you ever been to Samoa? No, I haven't, uh, but I've watched movies with The Rock, so I feel like I've been there. There you go. Well, you know what the other aspect of it is? If you know any Samoan people, they're just such wonderful, loving people. What a culture, just classic. And boy, every single one that I know, they miss that place like, you know, like it was like, because it's like a little bit going back in time living there, you know? Yeah, and it's really cool because all these Samoan men have the tattoo kind of of their life that they add to down their arm throughout their entire life. Exactly. 
just a great culture. But yep, it's going to be 420 in Samoa. And I imagine if you can't grow good cannabis in Samoa, you probably should stop growing. Just buy it from somebody else because you would think it grows there. It's an island with mountains and stuff. All right, so let's let's look at what we got. Uh, up to this point, we've been throwing some practice games at people. You've still cashing winners. You know, when you know what you know, cashing tickets is is pretty easy. But we're these are games that we're talking games that are counting. These are uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oregon, Georgia, and Florida State LSU. Now those are ga- teams that are trying to get to the national championship. I mean, I don't know about Florida State. LSU just won, but I don't know about them either. If Oregon beats Georgia, they'll be in it. If Notre Dame beats Ohio State, they'll be talking about it. So talk to us. Let's go with the let's go with the one that's near you. Right, you're closer to Ohio State than any other games. Let's start with Notre Dame, Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- these teams have played six times uh, over the course uh, of the schools being around. I like Notre Dame, but to me, the number five ranking feels like a false ranking so they could pump up the TV for it, you know, number two versus number five. Uh, I, I don't think that the number five ranking is true, but you've got the uh, second youngest head coach of a, of a football school, a major power in uh, Marcus Freeman leading Notre Dame. This is the time of year we were talking off air and then you hit the nail right on the head of something I want to talk about too, is it's so hard when you've got a quarterback who leaves and either transfers or goes to the NFL. And then you've got to figure out what this new team is. And so that's why early on in these early games, I'll bet the games, but I don't bet them as heavy as I would, you know, a week from now or two weeks from now, because I want to see what this new quarterback or, or, you know, is going to do with this football team. And that's one of the things that you've got to look at when it comes to uh, Notre Dame. Ohio State returns C.J. Stroud, who could be the best quarterback in America. Uh, You know, I I think Notre Dame felt slighted by the 17 and a half uh, point difference, but Notre Dame surprises you. There's times when Ohio State plays like world beaters, and there's times like a couple years ago when they went into Purdue and got shellacked. So I bet it earlier this week before the point spread adjusted. I took Notre Dame and I took the points because that seems like a lot of points for a top 10 ranked team to be getting this early on. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the coach left and never won. He never won. I mean, he had teams that were there twice, right? And they got whacked both times when they got to the Final Four. A lot of that has to do a lot of times because of their private NBC deal. Uh, A lot of times it has to do with how well they travel. And, you know, they're a nationally known name. And they're a team that a lot of people like to see get get whooped on, uh, as well as Ohio State fans. Ohio State fans are the most obnoxious people that I know, because if you don't refer to it as the Ohio State University, they want to correct you. Uh, You know, Ohio State's going to be good again this year. They're good every year. Uh, They have a lot of the top players in the country. But again, 17 and a half points early on seems like a lot for a team. Notre Dame should probably be a top 10 team. I don't know about number five, but a top 10 team. So that's why I took Notre Dame in the points in this one. It's a crapshoot early on because you don't know what you're going to get from Notre Dame at, uh, at quarterback or, or you know, with some of their major players uh, going to the NFL. So that's why I, I took the Irish and I'll take the points and, and keep my fingers crossed come Saturday night. Yeah, you know, a field goal game and you're golden, right? Heck, uh, two two touchdown game. I'm golden. So. There you go. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking uh, some more college football. We're talking to Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on More Winners with Mo on Wake and Bake. We'll be right back. Welcome back to more winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on Waken Bake. Now, waking and baking during college football is different than waking and baking during pro football, and the reason is you get an extra hour. 
And that extra hour, it makes a big-ass difference, doesn't it, Mo? That hour of sleep in the morning when whatever you're doing late Fridays and Saturday nights, it, it normally involves something that's going to make uh, the first few hours of your sleep. You're just kind of cleaning your body out, and it's not only until the fourth or fifth hour that you're actually sleeping. It hits us early here on the West Coast, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, waking up to football, we only get to do it here on the East Coast, you know, a couple times a year when they play in London. We get the uh, early morning games. So it, it's, a, it's a much different after-lunchtime type affair for us uh, here on the East Coast. Night and day different, no doubt about it. Okay, so let's look at the couple later games. Oregon at Georgia. They're trying to repeat. Now they lost their whole team. And I, I had a conversation with somebody about that, Mo. You mentioned it earlier with the first game. When teams lose a lot of players, sometimes, you know, it's tough. But other times, they were sitting there with second and third stringers that could start and almost every other team in their conference. So the first couple of weeks might be a little sketchy, but if they start rolling, watch out. Yeah, I mean, that's why you see a ton of guys transfer every year from Alabama, from Georgia, from Ohio State, because they've got five-star recruits sitting on the bench. I agree that these te- that Georgia's loaded and they're reloaded and ready to go. But again, it's just I want to see what the chemistry is like early on. That's why this first these first-week games always scare me. Uh, Oregon. Uh, they're a team that could be in transition as well. They, they along with Washington, uh, met with the Big Ten this week, trying to, to get their school into the Big Ten as they see the Pac-12 falling apart in front of their eyes. Oregon's been a team that's been up and down. They haven't played a lot of good competition. There's not a lot of great Pac-12 competition lately. Uh, so, you know, it's worrisome. We've seen them the last couple of years in big games at neutral sites come up on the losing end. Georgia re, uh, repeat national champions. I can't see there's any way that Kirby Smart does not have this team ready to play and to win this football game by a sizable margin. I'm taking Georgia in this football game. They got to win by 21, but the question is, how many points are they going to have up? Remember last year, they averaged like nine points or seven. or They actually, it was, it was under seven, and then they had, they gave up a lot of points, I think, in the last game. But they were they had a stretch where they were under seven for the points allowed. How many games are you going to win if you're not scoring seven points? Well, yeah, you know, and it's funny because you, you saw so many sports writers uh, stating that the Heisman Trophy should be given to the entire defensive line. Uh, they've got some hosses back there again this year. You know, obviously the number one pick in the NFL draft uh, was a defensive player from uh, Georgia. They, you know, they had three or four go off of that team that got drafted in the first couple rounds. Uh, they're going to be a good team. The the other cool thing to watch for is when you see these big games early on from Oregon, the, uh, the uniform should be entirely uh, off the chain. I love the, uh, the different uniforms that Oregon busts out for these type of games. So, uh, you know, that'll be fun to see as well. But I, I think this is a game that, that Georgia can take handily. I, I think that they're too big on the defensive line for Oregon to really get something going. Oh, they do. They do. They do rep those uniforms well. Of course, when you got a guy like Phil Nike just pumping up the checks, <laughs> right. you know, what are you going to do? All right, finally, the Florida State at LSU. You know, this is a game that's interesting because we, like you mentioned, LSU won the national championship a couple of years ago and took a gigantic step back, lost a, a good portion of the team, uh, lost their head coach. Uh, you know, and now they've got Brian Kelly, the former Notre Dame coach who left and, and went down there and, and took a good portion of his staff with him. It'll be interesting to see what he does with players that aren't his. His first, uh, you know, little bit at Notre Dame was tough and the players and the recruits weren't his. It's really a 50-50 toss-up game for me. It, it comes down to the fact that in this game, this is one of those ones where I would probably employ your strategy 
and probably bet the second half once I saw how the first half got going. It would definitely be a live betting situation for me uh, in this football game because both teams have to take a step forward from what they were last year. Uh, you know, Florida State looking to try to regain some of that glory they had years ago. Uh, I, I think LSU is probably the better team with more talent, but I'm going to probably be a second-half player in this game. That advice is not wrong for those first two games, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game or the Oregon-Georgia game, because you've got two big-time favorites. If they show you right away that they're they're in mid-season form, you know, and they're up 10, 14, nothing really, really quickly, live action is probably a way to hop on that because you could get them at 27 and a half Yep. From 17 and a half, and you still cover. So no doubt about that, Mo. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know college football's back. Uh, we saw week zero last week, and, uh, you know, we did well with our pick there with uh, with Northwestern coming back to uh, cover there. So let's, uh, let's uh, make it a three-peat this weekend. No doubt about it. I will talk to you next time. All right, bud. Sports Betting Weekly. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Welcome to Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. This week we've got Jonathan from San Antonio, as we call him, Reno Johnny, if you know him from Vegas Insider. And for many, many years, he's been a Baltimore Orioles fan, but he had to pay the price. Now he is reaping those rewards, and I'm seeing he's already repping the bling, right? Yeah, man, we are. We're, we're excited. Good time to be an Orioles fan. We really just had the number one farm system for a couple years now, and we finally were able to kind of see rewards. Adley Rutschman uh, gets called up, and then he got replaced by Gunnar Henderson as the number one overall prospect by uh, baseball tonight. Cole, and he's now in the league, and I just think that if you're an Orioles fan, this is an exciting time. I think in 2014 when we got there, that was more of a, uh, a surprise. We just kind of got good. This is a little different feeling because it's not like we got good and we kind of built a team. This is a team that we've drafted. We've had a farm system. Like We're supposed to be good in a couple years, and we have that belief now, so it's an exciting time. I will be uh, whenever they make it to the World Series, I'll, I'm going to go to Baltimore for about a week and, and, and celebrate there just because it's, it's something that, as an Orioles fan, last time it happened was 83. I was not born yet. Uh, and so I have uh, I deserve this. I feel like Orioles fans deserve this. If you've stuck through the years in the turmoil, you deserve it. And I'm, uh, I'll be front and center when, when they finally get there. Yeah, my sister lived in Baltimore on the Inner Harbor for many years, and so we went there a few times. And there were some lean stands. There were some lean years for, for the Orioles. It really was. It was uh, It was tough. It's one of those things where I, I always say Baltimore is a baseball city. Uh, they, had, they didn't have football for a long, long time. You look at the Wizards. They're, they're in Washington. So Baltimore's been a baseball city for a long time. It's just a tough, a tough sledding to go. Uh, when there's, you know, winning 52 games a year. Um, but now, you know, Farm City's ready to rock, man. We, we fans are getting backed again. And uh, I'm excited to be, you know, part, part of the ride, man. I really love the Orioles. It's, it's, it's weird to say, like, they're probably my favorite team. I mean, I'm a better, so I, I gamble on all the sports. But for me, like, as the teams that I grew up watching, Cowboys, Spurs, and Orioles, the Orioles are my favorite team. I don't know what it is about it. They never won for me, but it's something about, 
I just love the team the franchise. So I'm really excited. Maybe it's been so hard to be a fan and now it's kind of feeling a little rewarding. Yeah, well, I remember we've talked for years and years and years. So I, I can't tell you how many summers we talked and you said, you know what? I, I, I think there's some value in, in, in the Orioles at plus 260. And that's the, the lines you were getting. And earlier this year, I mentioned to a few people on Vegas Insiders, I'm telling you right now, there's somebody that's really enjoying this Baltimore run. It's because Reno Johnny's hitting him from both sides. He's betting him on He's bad and he's getting yeah. that plus money, and he's a fan too. So God bless you. Good, good you're job. Still, you're still getting that value. If you, that's the crazy part. Like uh, they just played a three game set in Cleveland, and they were underdogs every single game. And game two and three, which they ended up winning, they were plus one sixty and plus one seventy five. Won both those games. They lost the first game plus one thirty, thirty five, thirty eight, whatever it was. They've been underdogs. Now they play the Athletics. They're going to be kind of favorites, but. And we played Toronto. Look at the Toronto game. I guarantee you the whole series, the Orioles are going to be underdog, underdog, underdog every single time we play them. So there's still no value. There's still a lot of value in the betting market to hit the Orioles because they're still not believed by uh, by the odds makers. They're, you're still going to get great value. Any playoff team they play, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, even, they'll be slightly you know, up or down with the Red Sox. Two days, they're going to be big time underdogs. Part of me is definitely hoping that all those teams make it. I would love to see the Yankees win the division and then Tampa, Toronto, and Baltimore be the wild cards. That would be just totally beautiful to me. I'm on the other side with that. We need teams to lose. You're going to have to beat who you're going to have to beat. And that's the one thing when you're against your own division in baseball in the wild card push. You don't have to watch the scoreboard as much, do you? Because you're going to play those teams. Yeah, we play the uh, Blue Jays 10 times in the last 30 games or so. We play, we play the Blue Jays 30% of our game. So that's going to be huge. They're the team that's directly ahead of the Orioles. So it's going to be a tough, uh, tough sledding. We also play the Rays, the Red Sox, we play the Yankees. So it's going to be tough, tough sledding. I'm excited for well, next they year. win, Jonathan, they deserve to be there. It's that simple. Yeah. So let's let's talk some football. Oregon traveling to uh, Georgia. Georgia off the national championship. They'll have Stetson Bennett. And, you know, I think he did a phenomenal job last year. He's a six-year guy coming back. Georgia, you know, SEC team, they're going to re-up. They lost a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Not worried about how they'll perform. It's just kind of, all right, we got our whole team gone, next man up, and they'll be able to, re- to recoup that. But I just think the spread might be a little too too large. Like Oregon, they're returning all five of their offensive linemen. Kind of gives them some continuity. They got 21 new transfer players, but at least you kind of come behind a good base. Uh, I think the, the starter has pretty much, I think it's been expected. It's going to be Bo Nix. As soon as he transferred, he thought it was going to be Bo Nix. I just think that Oregon's got enough pieces and and Bo Nix knows Georgia. Hasn't beat him yet, but I think it'd be storybook for him to kind of go down to Georgia and be able to keep it close. And I think 16, 16 and a half is just too many points. I like Stetson Bennett. I don't I don't trust him. He's not the guy I trust to go out there and, and, and blow teams out of the water. I think he had a lot of pieces on the offensive side of the ball last year. I think we've always seen Georgia be that team that really has a great defense and their quarterback's always a question mark. I still think Stetson Bennett's a question mark. I'm not sure he's going to be the guy to go in. The repeat's going to be tough. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to go in and, and win by 17 um, week one against Oregon. Top 15 matchup. Give me a good game here uh, down with the Bulldogs. There's a lot of points for sure. When we get back from break, we're going to cover why that's too many points. We're going to talk about some cannabis geography. You listen to the Sports Betting Weekly with Jonathan at Johnny Reno here on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. You know what? It's early. It's early here in Southern California, 
but somewhere it's always 420 somewhere when it's 20 after here and and right now it is cape verde the west the islands on the west coast of africa think about that you're getting sports betting winners from jonathan you're getting cannabis updates and you're getting geography really this should be a class in probably what junior high yeah i mean absolutely enjoyable for many people across the world so yeah uh, it really yeah. It, it, it is it is you're absolutely right the 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 whole world you know if you don't use cannabis you don't use cannabis some people don't drink beer i like a cold beer with food and i like cannabis so it works out well for me but let's talk about the the reason i like your call of it's too many points in the georgia oregon game is because what is georgia known for georgia's known right now for their defense sure they the whole defense went to the nfl but the bottom line is on teams that the whole defense goes to the nfl the second and third stringers last year could have started probably for half of the teams in the conference that's usually a good way of looking at it. I don't know if they care if they score 17 points. If they win this game 10-3, to 3, they're a happy clams. The bottom line is 17 points is a lot of points to beat a team by, especially when that team's going to keep scoring all the way to the end. Oregon ain't going to stop trying to score. Georgia will grind and, and pound it out, but that's not Oregon style. Yeah, well, I like Oregon Bo Nix, too. I, I think Bo Nix has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and it really worked out in Auburn, but he knows the SEC conference. He hasn't had great success against Georgia, but I think leaving conferences, he's going to come down there with a lot of motivation. I hate the SEC's the greatest football conference. I kind of don't like that only because they have, usually it's Bama every year we get that, and they have Georgia, and they just kind of re-up. You'll have a Florida team that's pretty good one year, LSU team that was good a couple years ago that were just great. Other than that, look at the rest of the conference. Sucks. South Carolina. Vanderbilt. It's not a great SEC no depth. conference. No depth at all. You're absolutely exactly. right. Exactly. And so the whole it's the best conference, like, stop that. There's just no, they're very top-heavy. I hate that that conversation, but at the end of the day, when you are facing a Georgia, all they do is re-up. But again, they've always focused on defense. It's always been their defense, their offense. They've kind of struggled. Uh, they do have three tight ends that they're going to definitely try to use. I think three tight ends are basically pro-worthy, but how you can get all three tight ends in time. So it's going to be kind of a, it's week one, right? Mix and match, kind of get through the game. You uh, figure out some stuff that you weren't able to figure out during the off season, during, during your, you know, your preseason workouts and stuff like that. So I didn't think go for week one, give me a good game. I think, it, I think 16 and a half is a great, uh, valuable spread there. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk about a second game. I think same thing. I'm, I'm taking Notre Dame. A lot of points there at Ohio, at Ohio State. Ohio State's probably one of the favorites to make the playoff. And I'm not saying they don't. I think there's a lot of motivation in South Bend as a, as a whole. Uh, I'm excited for uh, to see what they're going to do with, with 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 their team. I think a lot of people are upset about Brian Kelly uh, leaving. That was kind of a, a thing that shocked a lot of people. I like Notre Dame. It's a business, and I think people are still kind of hurt and shocked that uh, Brian Kelly decided to leave the way he did, and he goes to LSU too. And I, I feel like for me it was a weird uh, time just because – he had been there for 12 years and he had just got his best recruiting class ever. Uh, and so that was kind of a thing for me where it was kind of a, a weird time to leave. Cause I felt like you were building something there. Um, I like the fact that they went internally They went and got Marcus Freeman internally and, and they kept him there. So he was able to kind of build on that recruiting class. They now have the best recruiting class they've ever had in school history behind him. There's motivation, um, to say that, you know, Notre Dame is a football program. They're a football school. They have, you know, I think Notre Dame's always kind of struggled because of the academic requirements, right? 
it's hard. You have you go to Notre Dame, you still have to get the grades. The academic requirements are probably one of the toughest that there are individual in football besides, you know, maybe Stanford. So I like that. They're going to be extremely motivated to show uh, Brian Kelly maybe he made a mistake. And Marcus Freeman is maybe the right guy. A lot of points. I I, I like C.J.'s child of Ohio, of Ohio State. We've also seen Ohio State kind of way through their way through some wins early in the season where they don't cover. They may not look as sharp. Uh, that might be one of the situations. Week one, if, if Ohio State comes out there and wins by three, that's no indication that they're not going to go to the playoffs. I think they're probably, they are the best team in the Big Ten. They probably do make the playoffs, but I just think that this is also another situation where the spread just might be too large. Um, and I'm going to, you know, ride on. I think the talent is there enough in, in Notre Dame to, to kind of cover the spread. You got two games you talked about. They're both 17, basically 17 point games. So if I told you the number three team in the country and the number five team in the country were both getting 17 points you probably wouldn't believe me i understand because there's a lot i think uh when you look at like college programs who gets a lot of money right georgia sec they're going to get a lot of public money ohio state always gets a lot of public money and there is a thing with notre dame where they've gotten there and part of that's their schedule, right? They haven't played in a conference uh, in, in college football. So they kind of, their schedule kind of dictates that they can just win some games to get to the playoff. And they haven't performed in those time, in those big time games. So there's, there's a perception among Notre Dame that they can't hang. Uh, this is a game where Marcus Freeman can kind of get off on the right foot and look, even a loss and no team wants to hear that. But if you go out there and you lose by seven at the shoe, you know, you're, you're showing teams you belong. And I think this is a very big, important, Staten game for Notre Dame. I think Ohio State's going to try to just get out with the win any way they can. They're not really worried about the 17 blowing them out because at the end of the day, this isn't, you're not playing unranked, you know, a mat, an unranked max school here. This is a, this is a real test. So at the end of the season, a win versus a number five team is a win versus a number five team, right? So hopefully at the end of the year, Notre Dame is still in the rankings where that win means something. We've seen teams where, yeah, yeah, you beat the number five team, but by the end of the year, they were unranked. So that, that win doesn't mean as much. But this is a situation where I think that Ohio State is going to try to skip win any way they can. Notre Dame is going to try to compete, and I think we're in for a good game. Sounds like a winner, man. Okay, anything else before we go? No, nah, just uh, follow me on Twitter, at Reno underscore Johnny. Uh, I tweet out stupid stuff, also some plays. Whenever I have plays up at Vegas Insider, I am your number one handicapper in baseball amongst all actually handicappers. You have done you have done a phenomenal job in baseball for years, but it's good to see you getting the credit, buddy. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you, sir. train take a car there's a smile on every face and a winner in each race where the turf meets the surf at del
You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.